Welcome to the Equip Podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Kim Heineke and I'm joined today by Pam Keneally. Hi, Pam. Hello there. Moms, today we are going to talk about something that is probably pretty close to your heart or maybe someone that you know if you clicked on this podcast. The topic today is when he leaves and we're going to be talking about what happens when your husband decides he doesn't want to be married to you anymore and he leaves. And so just right up front, I want to acknowledge that every year, many women go through a very unwanted divorce. And maybe you saw it coming and maybe you didn't. So as you listen today, um, just know that we have prayed about the words that we're going to share today and that we, we just pray that God would take our words and filter them into something that your heart needs right this minute today. And we know that this is not a topic that applies to everyone. So if you are a regular on our podcast and you're listening, hey, we welcome you back and you might hear a few things that you can share with another friend that that you might say, this is something that you need to listen to, or it just might be a good reminder of a lot of different things because there's a lot of truth in this podcast that we're going to share. That applies even if your husband didn't just leave you, right, Pam? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So we know that your story, that, uh, that our story is not the same for everyone. Pam and I both have gone through unwanted divorces long ago in our past. So to a degree, we know what you're feeling. We know some of the thoughts that are going through your mind. Every story is unique, but we we can identify with some of those things. So just know that as you listen to us share from our heart, that's what it is. Just we know these things because we've walked through some really hard stuff. Mm-hmm. The good news is we're on the other side. Pam would agree with me. Mm-hmm. We're we're far from that initial hurt. And we can say to you that the things that we're telling you, we know because we've walked it. So we welcome you. We ask that you just lean in a little bit and that you listen and that you let the word of God and the Holy Spirit just wash over you and provide some comfort today as we talk about what to do when your husband leaves. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, Pam, um, you and I, as I said, both experienced really unwanted divorces and It affects not just yourself, but your kids and extended family and and lots of people, not just the husband and the wife. Mm -hmm. But today I do want to focus on just the mom because we have other podcasts that may be of interest to moms that are listening to help children deal with divorce or, or all kinds of different things. But today we're just talking about the mom. So as we get started... Do you want to just briefly tell your story just, you know, in a couple of minutes? I do. But first, I want to say, Kim, I love the intro. I loved your heart to let these moms know that that there is hope coming their way. And mainly they need to listen carefully with their little ears and ask God to bend their hearts to to these these words of wisdom today. So but mainly we do have you on our hearts. But no, it was many years ago, thirty years ago, my first husband, my high school sweetheart of ten years, basically came in one day and announced in so many words he didn't love me anymore and he moved out that weekend. I had a two and a three, almost four year old and um, so what pers- what proceeded was a two year separation that eventually ended in a divorce and that's been many years ago. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my story was um, was similar. Mm-hmm. My husband came in one day, said, basically, I don't think I want to be married to you mm-hmm. anymore. And we were having our second child four days after that. Mm-hmm. And so he left, and I had a, a two-year-old, barely two-year-old, and a six-week-old baby. Oh, my goodness. And mm-hmm. so, um, but in those days ahead, I, boy, I really learned what it meant to depend on the Lord. Yes. And so um, let's just talk briefly about... What might moms feel 
initially when this happens because listener i want you to hear that the things that you are feeling are normal, are normal. you know <laughs> because nothing feels normal yes you know when that initially happens so pam let's talk about what are the what are some of the things that moms might be feeling you know moms might be feeling shock they mm-hmm. may be feeling desperation a deep deep sense of violation on many levels they may be feeling uh, a, a, a panic to erase what's happening and fix it real quick. They may be feeling um, just a, a need to lash out, uh, anger. Yeah. I don't know. Initially, I wasn't sure I felt anger. I was too stunned to be angry. That came later. So there's a well, lot of things you can be feeling. And I think I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Initially, when it happened for me, there's those 12 steps of grief. And I hovered somewhere between denial and pyromania on any given day like I wanted him to hurt the same way that I had hurt and so I might have had a few little violent thoughts it's wonderful it's wonder we didn't end up in jail (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, goodness they just didn't find us I know I didn't do anything bad yeah but you may you may also feel like you want to lash out um, with your kids and talk bad about their dad Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that is normal we're going to tell you in a few minutes it might be normal but it is super destructive. Yes. Don't do it. Yeah. You may feel like that. You may feel like you want to control him and beg him to stay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did that because here's this person that you love and you promised that you would love them mm-hmm. forever. And they said the very same thing. And then when they change their mind, you you want to be like, no, don't go. Right. Like You just want to like, yeah. you know, you can't see what I'm doing here, but I'm like clenching my fist. Sure. You want to beg mm-hmm. them to stay and, and hold on to them. So there's a lot of different emotions that you might be feeling. So let's do this. When a mom comes to you, Pam, and and she shares her story, and you and I look her in the sweet face in her eyes, and we say, I know, I know. What's the very first thing that you would tell a mom? Mm -hmm. What's the first thing she needs to hear? Well, everything is so out of control. Everything is so out of control. And her emotions, you know, unfortunately, nothing has changed with the kids. They're still hungry. They still need to eat. You still find joy in them. They still get on your nerves. But the problem is something is major wrong with you. And the first thing I would tell a mom is you need to stop. You need to breathe. And you need to think of ways to stabilize yourself. You need to think of ways to maintain reason during this little segment um, and we'll talk about ways to do that. But I remember what I did initially. Uh, I had a counselor from another state that friends had set me up with, and I went to see these friends. They were they were my former husbands and my old Sunday school teachers, and they were horrified. They flew <laughs> me down to Lubbock, Texas, and for the weekend I barely got in their house, just collapsed in their bed for the weekend and they ministered over me and prayed over me and just gave me that sense of balance and since it's going to be okay I just found somebody to minister to my soul that deep place where I needed I needed just to rest and to wait and to just you know let things unfold as they would so I would just say move towards stabilizing yourself and we'll talk about ways to do that um the way I did it was to reach out to somebody I deeply, deeply respected, Christian people, and um, just friends. Yeah. You know, for me, it's ironic that the best piece of advice I got in the early days, the best wisdom I got, was from my husband's brother, and I worked with him at the time. And I'm not even sure he remembers this, because I feel like I've, I've mentioned, to the, mentioned it to him since then, and he's like, really, I said that? 
<laughs> but I know that I walked by his office one day and I probably had been crying because I just feel like that's what I did all yes. the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted him to say, I wanted him to like tell his brother to pack his stuff and get back home where he belonged. Sure. I wanted somebody to. Yeah. And a brother could do that. And a brother could do that. Yes. You know, I wasn't having a lot of success mm-hmm. at that. So, but what he said to me, he said, Kim, when things go really wrong in a marriage, your first responsibility is not to try to fix it. Your responsibility is to submit to the Lord. And I was like, but that part about you telling him to get home. Yeah, yeah. And you're, <laughs> and you're happily married. And yeah, it's easy he for wasn't you to even say, married oh, at okay. the time, which wow. is weird. Yeah. So, but that really stuck with me because I don't, I don't even remember anything after that you know, in that encounter. But I do, that has stayed with me for 20, 21 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and he was absolutely right. I had a choice to make. So, and you have a choice to make, those of you that are listening. When things go really wrong in a marriage, you can, you don't try to fix it. And I'm not saying like you don't try to do all the right things, but your responsibility isn't to try to fix that other person. Your responsibility in this season while you're broken, while it's fresh, is to submit to the Lord and let him do the heart work that you cannot do. Because mm-hmm. those of you listening, you have heart work that needs to happen. Even if you are not at fault, there is a, there's a gaping wound in your heart that, that only, only the creator of your heart can mm-hmm. fix. And, you know, another thing I remember is walking through the halls at church and people would come up to me and they would say things like, we're praying for you that your husband will come. Well, like, we're praying for you that you guys will get back together and mm-hmm. you'll be reconciled. People were saying all the right things. And I loved all those right things. I've shared these two stories mm-hmm. many times, but they're important. So I'm going to share them again. They would say that to me all the time. Well, this one friend came up and she said, hey, I'm praying for you and for him. Uh, I'm praying for both of you to be healed because the truth is he might not come back. And I was like, what? What? Like, not cool. Yes. And I definitely remember thinking, now I'm going to have to not be your friend mm-hmm. and maybe trip you or sure. punch you or, you yeah, know, go so, away. Like, you know, I was mm-hmm. unpredictable in those mm-hmm. days. But that has also hung with me for 21 years because the truth is he might not come back. Yes. And that's a super hard, like, I even feel teary saying that in this mic for those of you that are listening because we want to believe that if we do all the right things and if we just believe God enough that he will come back. Mm-hmm. Oh. Teary. I know. Well, you know what? That, that's true that you, you don't want to hear those things, but this is part of the stabilizing yourself and submitting yourself to reason. And it's really hard to submit yourself to reason when you've been married. To, you know, you said I do, and all of a sudden he says I don't. How do you, what are you supposed to do with that? But it's just part of the reality that, that you don't know what's ahead, but God does know what's right. ahead. And I would rather submit to the one who does know what's ahead than mine shakiness, not knowing what's ahead and making mistakes along the way. So it's really not your, your you know, um, responsibility right now to, de- to determine is this going to work or is it not work? You can't even go there. You just have to submit and say, I'm going to submit and wait on you and take one day at a time and we will walk through this together lord exactly so yeah. but god really but you know god, like you don't know. know you don't know if he'll come back and he might yes and that's reason for rejoice and he might not but god will heal your heart and he will claim it for his own and you will be whole and complete in ways that you had Never. no idea that's right existed. that's right so. there are, yes and we'll get to these words of hope here so if you're thinking you want to turn this off right now <laughs> 
don't. Yeah, don't. don't the good part's up. coming. Good, the good part's coming. So, so uh, anyway. Pam, I want to talk about um, just a couple of things, and we kind of hit on those. We mentioned those in the first few minutes. But things that moms might be feeling, some negative um, you know, the human side of us that sure. reacts with a really remote emotional response. So what are the common reactions that women often have that are really not helpful? And we are going to mention those and we're going to give you just a brief, um, a brief thought on why those might not be helpful because the world around you, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. your girlfriends, maybe even your family will tell you that you have a right to feel that way. And they would even encourage you in some really um, almost unhealthy ways yeah, yes, unhealthy and destructive, and destructive thoughts yes. so you well you know you what uh you don't want to in your anger you don't want to march him right up to the kids and make him tell you and the kids and everybody what he's doing make him confess to the whole family in your <laughs> anger why you're doing this that hurts that hurts that is not healthy for your kids you don't want to criticize him in front of mm-hmm. your kids that is very hard I would suggest you buy some duct tape and put it across (laughs) your mouth when you need to uh, because it will come back and hurt you later. You don't want to criticize in front of the kids. You don't want to. I was, and I did this, so I can tell you not to do it. (laughs) And that is to set up something and investigate. You set out a little investigating team to go out and follow at night and figure out where that car's ending up at night. And I did that, and it was, I don't even want to share the story but that was not helpful to me in the long run it led to rage and it led to me almost wanting to bash this car with mine seriously yeah and um I just I these are some things you you don't want to do you don't want to use guilt to manipulate him you know you just you just you just have to lay low you just have to lay low for a little bit and fall back in the goose down comfort of God's arms and let him just hold you for a little bit just let him hold you. One of the best advices I have was to go see my youth pastor, and I went in to see him, and he said, Pam, I want you to just envision falling back on the bed. Don't hit your head on the headboard, by the way, <laughs> but just fall back on the bed and feel the, the comforter just bounce up around you, and that's God's goose down comfort just holding you for this little short season. So just for a moment, just fall back in the goose down comfort of God, because, uh, girlfriend, I don't want you to have any regrets that you have to clean up later because of what you did to make yourself feel better. Right. So uh, I don't want you to have to do what I did and re- fix some of those regrets. Yeah, and and turning the kids against him, which is I really feel like I felt those in the early days. My kids were two and six-week-old. Okay, I told the six-week-old yes. a lot of stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> like I really confided in him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was a great listener. Sure. He didn't try to fix me or anything. But as they get older, like, you don't want to try to turn the kids against him because I I grew up with – my mom was a single mother for a while. So I can say this, and I absolutely know this is true. My dad, who has passed away now, so I feel okay to share it, maybe was not – not maybe. He was not a great dad. Mm -hmm. He was – he just wasn't. And he was broken in a lot of areas, and he just wasn't – he just wasn't good at it. And so, but my mom, when he finally left, she did not say anything negative about him. She didn't say to him, she didn't say to us, you know, your dad's an alcoholic. You know, your dad is addicted to drugs. You know, your dad is cheating on me. And you know, your dad's this, that, and the other. She didn't, she never said that. Mm -hmm. And as I grew up, she didn't have to say it. I just knew it. And I loved her 
for not having said those things. Because moms, when you attack the other parent, when you attack the dad in front of your kids, there's something in that kid that you just, you break a little bit. And if you've done it, it's okay. Don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't do it anymore. Um, don't confide in your kids. That's that's you know, unless they're six weeks old. But if you have a 13-year-old, for example, if you have a 13-year-old daughter, she does not need to know the details of what happened. She does not. It's not appropriate. Mm-mm. It's not age appropriate. It's not relationship-wise. It's not appropriate. And I hear moms all the time say, well, they're, they're mature. They need to know what's going on or they already know what's going on. Fine. Let them be a kid. Find yourself mm-hmm. another friend to confide in. Your kids are not the answer. Yes, there. absolutely. So that, that's a real human thing that we we just want somebody else to. It's like because if our kids know what happened, then maybe, you know, maybe they'll see my side and I'll feel it. You'll get yours. Yes, you will. Exactly. You will get it. My children are twenty one and twenty three, and they still don't know everything mm-hmm. because I respect their dad, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't want to I don't want to hurt them. Yes. you know it's it's not entirely my story to tell. Yes. Well, I've told you before that that kids have an infrastructure in them that that is just born that way. They want to think well of their mom and their dad and they want the freedom to love each one and how you talk about violation to violate that right for them to love their dad even if they're in prison or even if they whatever let them decide as they grow older, what their heart feels toward their dad. Let them decide because they decided themselves, not because you manipulated that in any way, because it will come back and bite you later. You know, one more thing I want to say, be careful not, because I fell into this as well, and I had a real good friend confront me one day, and she said, Pam, you are living like a victim. And it made Mm -hmm. me mad. I was like, what? (laughs) It's easy for you to say you're happily married, you know. And But she was right. Um, I just started feeling this victim mentality that this is not fair. I didn't deserve this, you know. And so be careful with that, too, because that can can twist you in ways as well that's not healthy for you. Because I don't know if it was my dad. Uh, my stepdad or, or who it was, but, you know, some somebody made the comment, like, you're not the first woman that ever got left. Yes. Now, that you definitely feel like it. That feels like a harsh thing mm-hmm. to say. But just what you're saying, like, we don't – you don't have to be a martyr. This There's uh-huh. people around you that have dealt with this. You can do it. You're going to survive this season. You know, you, you are going to survive this season. And I want to remind you that the Bible says in Psalms 119, you are my hiding place. You're mm-hmm. my shield. I mean, I often envisioned – like a shield in front of me, that I am protected, I'm going to be okay. The Bible says he's my shield, he's my hope, and, uh, you know, he is my shield. Mm-hmm. And so the Word of God can certainly come into places to to help restore those places that you just need just for a moment, just to be built up on the inside. That's good. Let, let's segue with that. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit does allow us to survive some really difficult seasons of life. And we, we talked about the things that are not always helpful, but I do want us to spend some time discussing what it looks like to rely on God. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yes, yes, I feel that. I know that. I know that. I know that. Now, please just tell me something that will help me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we kind of want to end the last third of this on that. So let's talk about what does it look like for a mom who's just been left? What does it look like to rely on God? Like, practically speaking because you hear that you hear you just need to give it to god and you just need to what does that even mean exactly i'm trying to fold clothes and make macaroni and cheese at the same time what does that even mean Mm -hmm. yeah so well you know what i some practical things that really 
things that you can do, things that you can do. And yes, you know, the Bible says he leads the blind, you know, when they, you know, it takes them out of darkness. You know, all those spiritual things probably, but like you said, I want, give me something concrete I can put my hands to right now. And I think it's helpful for you to find a Christian couple, a Christian friend, not a Christian male friend, by the way. But a Christian, yes, not a <laughs> if you, not a single male, no, but a um, a good solid Christian couple to confide in, to ask them to just listen to you. I think it's, I think it's helpful for you to, um, you know, I think you mentioned this one time, Kim, and I, I, I remember you saying the difficulty when you're going through turbulent times to spend so much time on social media, yes. and and just find that as an escape because it's nothing more than just keeps you on the merry-go-round and we didn't have social media when it happened to me yeah but the things i cut out were sad movies Mm -hmm. still don't watch them sure um i'm still convinced it's a waste of my time to cry over fake people in a fake story yeah like i I got enough drama in my own life but i cut out things like that so you're right but when you look at social media you start to feel like oh i just had what he has or she has or whatever don't do it yes don't do it and you know what i think it's very helpful to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. i think it's very helpful for you to examine your emotions and accept them and to focus in on what are my you know own up accept your emotions take them for what they are I remember when I went to a counselor the first thing he said to me was you have unresolved emotions I was like what does that mean I mean I didn't even know I had emotions <laughs> you know what I'm saying and and to this day it was shocking that I had emotions and so say so, you know Lord I am feeling angry I am feeling discouraged I am feeling helpless I am feeling bewildered and say this is the way I'm feeling now I own that it's okay that I feel this because I'm landed at your feet and I'm just going to accept it and uh and and move forward I also um what helped me a lot Kim was I this was the days that I started uh journaling Mm -hmm. and a lot of people journal different ways I found it helpful to get a spiral notebook and just write out my feelings every day and some days I was like dear lord you know, blah, 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 help me or whatever. And some days I was so angry that the pen was ripping the paper. I still have those journals. Mm-hmm. The pen was ripping the paper. I was so angry. And, um, but after I did that, I'd released it somewhere. I'd accepted my feelings. I released it in a good place in a journal where the kids couldn't see it. And I just somehow felt better. Yeah. To just go ahead and voice your emotions, your feelings. Be still and listen. If God gives you a little thought, write it down. And my journals today are a treasured possession. Uh, Kim, I don't know what I'm going to do with them eventually because they have some really hurtful things in there. Yeah. But they were certainly helpful right. during that season. So how about you? What, are you? what thoughts do you have? Well, I think what I would say to you that are listening is one like what Pam's talking about, your emotions. Um, sometimes your emotions are just really deceptive mm-hmm. and our emotions can't always get a vote especially in, yes. in a season thank where, you for saying that yeah when you are you know all upside mm-hmm. down so i just want to share a little truth of scripture it's a really it's a very common scripture but i'm going to read it to you anyway because um, i think it's worth it this is philippians 4 8 and 9 says, finally, brothers and sisters, I would say finally, single moms, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Your thoughts are rampant. Like you wake up in the morning and you cannot stop thinking. You cannot harness them. You can't. I remember sitting at the table at my mom's house and her saying to me like I was five, Kim, eat. You know, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even think. All I could think about was like what he did or what was going on or what was going to happen to me. But ladies, the truth of scripture says, here's the short list of things that you get to think about. If it's true, if it is noble, if it is right, if it is pure, if it is lovely, if it is admirable, if it is excellent or praiseworthy. Some things may be true, but they're not excellent. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if he, if something really terrible happened and you were not at fault in this, that is not um, praiseworthy or lovely. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. I know. And what are the things we think about? It's this list right here, and you find it in God's Word. And Scripture tells us to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Is this hard? Yeah, it's super, super mm-hmm. hard. It's really hard. Like, I don't even want to glaze over it like this is easy. Like, oh, just think about God's Word. It's really hard. Just think hard. about things that are lovely. Oh, look at those flowers over right. there. It's not that easy, <laughs> but... But he tells us this is what you get to think about, mm-hmm. the short list. If it's not on the short list, you don't get to think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And if it's worry, he tells you, don't worry. Mm-hmm. And don't think about worry. Like, think about what's excellent and what's praiseworthy. He is excellent. He is praiseworthy. Yes, yes. And he is lovely. He is pure. He is noble. Mm-hmm. He is true. He is right. Friends, the only thing that fills this void, this, the only thing that stops this panic is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you look someplace else, if you look to social media, or if you're thinking, well, I'll just go find myself a new boyfriend. If you look, if you look to anything like that, you will still be emptied. You will still be wrecked. The only answer in this whole thing, and it sounds like a Sunday school answer, but it's Jesus. And that is it. Yes, it is. And I just, you know, I, I want you, uh, that is absolutely it. Jesus is it. You know, so often when we're going through this, our emotions are so out of control that we don't stop to think about what we're thinking about. We just Mm -hmm. feel that. And so Kim was just saying, you know, basically stop and think about what I'm what am I thinking? Stop and think about what you're thinking about, because you are a sum of your thoughts. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking, that's what you, you, as a man, thinketh in his heart. So he is. You are some of what you're thinking. So if you're, if you are spiraling out of control and and you cannot seem to stop this, uh, you you know you need to stop and think about what you're thinking about. Say this is destructive. What I'm thinking. I'm going to arrest it. I'm going to put chains around it. I'm going to march it up to the throne of God. I'm going to lay it at God's feet, and I'm going to say, I arrest this thought. I will not think about it. Lord, just fill me with other thoughts at this time. We know that stability in turbulent times is often comes from what we allow ourselves to think. So pay attention to your thoughts That's because good. they are so important. You know, another thing that I would say to you that you should be doing in this season is. Like I often say, I had I had no responsibility in that divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I think my ex-husband would say to you, she really was not at fault here. Mm-hmm. But were there, do I have some sin? Do I have some ownership? You know, maybe not in the exact details of what happened, but do I have some ownership in the relationship itself? Yeah. In the way I supported my husband? Yeah, I think I do. Mm-hmm. So I would say in this time, you know, take some responsibility for your own sin because we all are sinful, sure. every mm-hmm. single one of us, and repent and let, you know, let God show you places in your own heart that need to be um, refined a little yes. bit. And I'm going to read Psalm 139, 23 says this, 
Search me, God, and know my My heart. heart. Mm -hmm. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And so sometimes we don't see those blind spots in ourselves. And I had lots of women that were wonderful to speak life into me and say, here's something that you should think about. Here's something that you should think about. And it kind of walked me through this process of being left. And it wasn't just about, you know, how to, it wasn't just like how to get over him. It was how can, how can you stop and take this and let God search you and change you and, and make you more like him Mm -hmm. in this whole process. So that's one thing I would say is like, really, man, you're raw right now. Yes. So let God do the heart surgery that needs to happen. Yeah. That doesn't even have anything to do with your marriage. You are raw, but you are ripe. Right. You are so ripe. And And I don't mind telling you ladies listening to this Arise podcast that, um, as co-founder of Arise Ministries, the depth of me needing Jesus and pressing into him came during those five years that I was a single mom. And they were horrible, but they were the groundwork for what God wanted to do. Before we move on, two more things to to be careful about, Kim, before we move into closing it, is, is be careful, and I think you had mentioned this before, not to send your kids off to their dad oh, yes. upset. You know, yes, uh, send them so good. off. Talk about that. Give them the opportunity to... Be fair. I mean, it, it, for them, say, you know what? And even if the kid's crying, they don't want to go. Say, you know what? You just go. You're going to have a good weekend, and nothing's happening at the house here. I'm just going to be whatever, folding clothes, and you just go have a good time. You just enjoy your time. And um, Or if they do want to go, don't spoil it for them. And right. that's really important. And then I want to mention, too, real quick while I'm thinking about it, that during this time, it's, you want to fix it so bad, but you just have to wait. And I want to draw your attention to a Bible study we have on, on the Arise Ministries website called Waiting. You know, Kim, you wrote it. We just in a sentence or two. Would you tell them about the value of waiting Yes, a little bit. Yes, Just I will. For- We're going to be talking about navigating the space between what could be and what is. Mm. And if you're listening to this, boy, that's where you are. Exactly. You're like, what? What? You know, know, like, what am I doing here? And the whole series is is helping you really see what it is you're waiting for, pinpointing your desire, identifying reasons that we have to wait. What do you do while you're waiting, and the dangers of rushing ahead? Because mm-hmm. we we I have so been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we invite you to participate in that. Yes. Absolutely. So anyway, um, any other thoughts or I I just want to address the feeling, the emotion where you're mad at God, Mm -hmm. where you feel like he has let you down, let you down, Mm -hmm. overlooked you. And I, I know that I grew up in the church and we went to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and Monday if they had something and whatever. I mean, unless you had a broken leg. And then you probably got to go on crutches or in a wheelchair or whatever. But, I mean, I, I grew up in the church, and I did all the right things. I did not give my parents a hard time growing up. And when my husband walked out on me, I remember thinking, God, no, I have done all the things. Mm-hmm. I have checked every box. How dare you? Like, no, not me. Mm-hmm. How about this chick next to me that was, you know, wild her whole mm-hmm. life? She deserves that, not me. And I was... I maybe didn't struggle with being angry with him, but I definitely felt overlooked. And I felt like he had just, I just felt like he just dealt me a bad hand and mm-hmm. I didn't deserve it. So if that's you, I want to tell you from experience, having worked through all that, 
man, his thoughts are higher than yours and his ways are higher and he can do something with you that you just didn't see coming immeasurably more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? So if you feel overlooked, take that to him and say, oh, what? I'm over. Like, why did you let this happen? He's mm-hmm. big enough. He can handle it. Mm-hmm. He can handle all your little emotions and he can settle your heart and he can he can just heal it. And it's so good. I'm like, I'm not even making stuff up over here. I really know it down in my knower Mm -hmm. exactly well and i just want to encourage you to if you're angry at god you just need to just stop and allow yourself to believe it even though you don't feel it it doesn't matter if you don't feel it so you don't have to feel it you just have to choose to put it in your head because god will honor that 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 god is at work behind the scenes i promise i promise god is at work behind the scenes he rules over all their circumstances but even more so he rules over the relationships that you hurt over yeah. he rules over those relationships as well and kim said he he will do exceedingly and abundantly you know for you but but the word i love in that in that verse in uh, ephesians three twenty is he will do exceedingly and abundantly beyond your wildest hope and ex- your wildest imagination beyond it's the beyond word that i want you to hold on to right beyond on a post-it note put it on your steering wheel put it on your bathroom mirror put it at your desk at work beyond beyond god is at work want to remind you briefly about god's sovereignty that he looks down on the top of a building and looks down on your life parade it consists of a lot of floats maybe you're on float two or float three where you're going through a divorce well god sees float seven and eight and he sees where he's taking you in this parade. You need to trust him because, trust me, as you get to the other floats, uh, you will look back and be able to do podcasts like this yourself. Yep. Uh, trust him that he has your parade in his hand. Okay. So, thank you. You know, I like that parade idea. Sometimes That's we good. just need a, a parade thought, don't we? <laughs> we do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, let me let me close us out. Is that okay. fine? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I just want to say to you single moms, you can do it. I want to say that 80% of parenting functions can be done by one person, and I guarantee you that other 20% God can fill in the gaps yeah, because good. he says he is the father to the fatherless. Girlfriend, you can do it, but more importantly, he will do it. Yes, that's so good. Listen, we have other resources on our website if you want to. I mean, Rise Ministries exists to um, empower single moms to create healthy homes. So there's a lot of other things um, on our website. Pam has a book called The Single Mom and Her Roller Coaster Emotions. And I, sorry, I did not mention that Well, I was going to mention it just now and I forgot, so. But that would be a great resource for you to choose. If you are on the website right now listening to this podcast, I will post it, um, you know, on that page, on our 911 pages, or we'll link it somehow. You can find it on our website. You can find it on Amazon. It's an outstanding book. Um, she writes a lot, of, a lot of things that you are ripe to hear. And so if you feel like you're on a, on a roller coaster, I encourage you to grab that book. The Single Mother and Her Roller Coaster Emotions. Basically, the bottom line of that book is this. You go from rubble to victory. Yeah, that's and true. And how do you do that? Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, and, and you can do that because we're over here, like, living somewhat of a victorious life. We got other <laughs> – we're on a different roller coaster now, but no, off, that, off that initial one. Okay, I want to pray for you, and I want to thank you for joining us. I'm sorry we went a, a couple of minutes longer than we normally do, but that's okay. You got time. You got time to listen. So if you will just join me in prayer and then we will end. And and we do thank you so much Mm -hmm. for listening and 
and uh, trusting us with a few minutes of your day to share our heart with yes. you because we you're always on our mind mm-hmm. in our ministry you're always on our mind you're the reason that we exist and so we love you mm-hmm. okay now tearfully pray okay <laughs> father we thank you we thank you for the truth of your word that just cuts through all the emotion and the bitterness and the angriness and the sadness and the loneliness and all the things that these women feel god would you meet them right where they are today And would you touch their hearts and would you whisper to them, I am near and I am faithful and I am lovely and I am excellent and I'm praiseworthy and I'm true and I'm right. And I pray that their thoughts would be on you and not all the cruddy stuff that has happened. And I pray that you would go before them in these next few days and that you would bring light where there's darkness and that you would make your presence known in their lives. God, we pray for restoration where that is appropriate. But if it doesn't happen, we pray, even if it does, we just ask that you would heal hearts and that you would would just make yourself known. That's all I can think of. Father, you are good and you are worthy of all of our praise. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.